while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Also taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. So, got a good show for you ahead. I've got a good show for you ahead tonight. Um, I'm going to be joined at 8 o'clock by Taunton Mayor Shauna O'Connell. A lot of stuff going on up there in Taunton. I'm looking forward to talking with her about it. Uh, But throughout the program, we're going to be getting updates on the New Bedford City Council meeting. Adam Bass is uh, on the attack. He's going to be covering our, our, uh, our field reporter. He's going to be covering the city council meeting. We're going to get updates from him throughout the meeting. And uh, there's a few important items on the agenda, one in particular that I want to hear about, uh, which is the vote for the um, MBTA uh, walking bridge. Remember how there used to be some walking bridges uh, in um, New Bedford that were taken down. But there's going to be one over Route 18 that's going to connect the station, um, I think, to downtown. And it's $21 million, the bridge. And... The MBTA is going to pay for every single penny of it. And on top of that, on top of the MBTA paying for every single penny of that bridge construction, the city was able to have input on how it's designed. And that wasn't without some lobbying from Mayor Mitchell. From Mayor Mitchell, he talked about it on Wednesday. So it seems like a pretty obvious vote. It's completely free. It's a $21 million gift that's going to improve infrastructure in the city uh, and make the new train a lot more accessible. But I've heard that there could be a little bit of turbulence on that vote. Now, I hope that's not the case, and I'm sure a lot of other people hope that's not the case. But we've heard, I've, you know, I've heard some rumblings that there could be some turbulence, that there might be a counselor or two that might be against a free $21 million gift from the state. So I hope, frankly, you know, because South Coast Rail is a big thing for everybody, right? 
it's a, it's a huge regional thing, and to make it more accessible is really important. And the MBTA is going to give $21 million, going to build a free $21 million bridge for New Bedford. Um, so hope it's just going to go through. But we'll see. Adam Bass is going to be there. He's going to be tracking that. He's going to be tracking a few other key votes, and we're going to hear through uh, from him throughout the program. We can also hear from you, too, at 508-996-0500. There's a couple other things. There's appointments that were in the appointments and briefings meeting from last time. Those are going to be confirmed. Uh, there's probably some other stuff that I don't know about that Adam um, may know about. Maybe we'll hear from one of the city councilors later. I was talking to one of them earlier. Maybe we'll hear from one of the city councils later, uh, later on in the program too. If, if, uh, if things get a little bit, a little bit dicey, there's a few things I did want to talk about in the first hour. Uh, if you can go to WBSM.com, you can see an article that I wrote, um, about recent uh, a recent grant funding program that was started by Senator Montigny. Um, and it uh, is going to, it's a grant, it's basically a grant funding program that is going to provide a million dollars in grant funding programs through law, to law enforcement agencies throughout Massachusetts um, to, uh, to assist, uh, to assist them to provide um, police officers with critical incident stress management training and mental health resources. Now, this is the program Montigny started in 2018. He did it uh, along with uh, a couple of uh, local law enforcement members, including uh, Hank Turgeon, who's uh, you know a great member uh, of our listening audience, and also the former uh, police uh, NBPD uh, union chief. And so. It was a pilot program that Montigny had helped start in 2018 that uh, that had, I think, secured annual funding of $100,000 um, and was giving that money to the uh, Southeastern Massachusetts Law Enforcement Council um, so that they could provide um, they could provide mental health, wellness and suicide prevention services. Uh, so that pilot program is running for the last, I guess, four or five years. And now uh, it has secured up to a million dollars uh, in grant funding for it's it secured up to a million dollars in grant funding um, for those uh, for those same services. So, you know, the Mass Fraternal Order of Police thanked uh, Montigny for his help. They also thanked the uh, Plymouth Rep Kathleen Fun- Lenatra for her help. And, um, you know, it's obviously really important. I, they, they had done this after um, uh, Yarmouth police officer. Uh, they said it, you know, it was done after Yarmouth police officer Sean Gannon um, was killed in the line of duty. Now, Sean Gannon was, sh- was shot uh, by a someone who was, uh, they were trying to arrest that had violated their parole that had, a, you know, there was a lot of debate on whether or not the person should have been out of jail in the first place. They had a a lengthy, um, a lengthy bop and all of that. Uh, but, um, I'd wonder if maybe there was, you know, some officers that were there that experienced some trauma, which I'm sure there was, um, officers in the Yarmouth police department in general, right. Uh, maybe some officers here that knew 
uh, Mr. Gannon, because he was a New Bedford native. Uh, he was a Yarmouth police officer, but he was a New Bedford native. Uh, but this is obviously really important. I mean, I know that there's the news cycle right now hasn't been hasn't been great for law enforcement officers in these major cities like Atlanta and Memphis, right? And I, you know, the Memphis video I think is going to come out Friday evening, so we're not sure what that's going to show. If you guys don't know, uh, there's a few officers that have been, uh, I believe, been indicted now um, under suspicion of uh, killing a um, a uh, uh, someone they had in custody. I haven't seen the video yet. I can't make any judgments on it. We'll see how that goes. Uh, at that I know a lot of those headlines are happening now, but it doesn't change the fact that you know police work's a necessary job. There are officers who aren't doing that stuff that those five officers are accused of doing, and that are exposed to, I think, a great many traumatic things throughout the throughout the course of their job. You know, um, I believe the the officers that were because you think of the, the like the Duxbury the horrifying um Duxbury the uh the horrifying uh Duxbury um double homicide maybe triple homicide depending on how the seventh month old uh seventh month month old you know makes it out of uh whether or not they survive their con- their current condition but you know, there is a woman who is accused of uh, basically killing two of her kids and nearly killing one of them, perhaps killing one of them, and then jumping out of the window in an attempt to kill herself, apparently. Now, there's a lot to be said about, you know, and I know Tim talked about it, I think, a, a great, uh, uh, a lot today about you know, the, just the need for, for better mental health care in general. And I know that's something that was just recently passed in the state house. I actually had um, State Senator Julian Sear on to talk about the Mental Health ABC Act. Mike Rodericks, the chairman of Ways and Means, he was in here talking about um, that legislation as well, uh, about, you know, getting uh, the additional staffing needed for uh, those those um, those beds that are available because they've done a lot to expand capacity. They just got to do more to expand, um, to expand upon the staffing. So, you know, you don't expect a magic wand to be waved and everything to be good again. But I think this grant program is important because I, you know, officers had to respond to that scene of these children who were, I believe, based on what's being reported, beaten to death, right? And they're allegedly by their mother, including an infant that might have been beaten to death. We don't know. The infant is still um, alive. So I believe those officers have been placed on leave because of sort of the horrifying scene, right? And one of the things that Montigny mentions in his press release about, which I think is really interesting, about this grant funding program that he has. It's a million dollars to help law enforcement officials throughout the Commonwealth uh, access um, critical mental health services is 
what they did was he worked with another uh, senator, uh, Michael Moore from uh, the Worcester area, and they got uh, legal protections for individuals, who uh, you know, the uh, police officers who want to um, legal confidentiality protections for officers who are looking to seek mental health because I guess there's. Um, uh, according to Montaigne's press release, a fear among a fear among police, um, a fear among police officers that in seeking mental health help, there could be a um, stigmatization. Right, that it would inhibit their career that if they had um had to seek mental health they might be unfit for certain job duties that they might want or certain promotions that they might be eligible for because their supervisors or whomever their peers would be worried about their current condition of mental health which obviously is counterproductive to you know the issue that a particular police officer might be facing. So I thought that was an important step, and I thought that was really, uh, it was a really interesting point that I don't think is often brought up when, uh, in these conversations. So uh, clearly there was some sex, uh, success with the program because a million dollars is a lot of money to put into something. And so we'll see uh, how this goes. We're going to get Monte, uh, we're going to get Senator Montigny on, I think, sometime next week. I, I talked to him for a bit today. We're trying to get something together, I think, next week uh, for him to talk more about this and sort of the process of getting this program uh, this program together. And, uh, you know, he heavily credited the, uh, the the officers that he worked with, like like I said, to include. Um, it was, uh, you know, officers, uh, Rob, uh, Detective Rob Schwart, uh, Schwartz and uh, Officer Hank Turgeon. Um, when they launched that program in in, uh, in 2018. So, you know, we know there's local police officers that have, uh, you know, um, taken their own life. We know there's lo- local police officers that may have been dealing with uh, mental health issues, like a lot of people in a lot of positions. Um, but, you know, they had to take some additional steps here to ensure that this is done discreetly, you know, that these officers are be able to get this care discreetly so that they can, they don't have to be afraid of advancing their career. I think, you know, and Tim was talking about this earlier today. I think there's a lot to be said about removing just in general, not just in law enforcement, but the stigmatization around seeking mental health help. Um, because oftentimes you think that you're just going to will yourself out of a problem and that's not always the case, right? So maybe having a trained therapist or a trained mental health professional talk you through a particular situation would be beneficial. I'm not saying medicate your way through a particular situation, but I'm not a doctor. I don't know that stuff. You know, I'm a lawyer, but what I'm saying is I think there's a lot to be said about 
removing the stigmatization away from mental health, uh, seeking mental health treatment, uh, because like I said, there's some problems that you're just not going to will your way out of, um, that mother in Duxbury, we don't know, you know, what kind of traumatic episode she was going through. Uh, there's, there were some pictures of her on, uh, on Facebook seem to be typical like pregnancy photos and photos with, with, with her kids, the, the kids photos, the faces were blurred out and all of that photos with her kids and her, I think her, her partner and all of that, that seemed to be, you know, a pretty typical display of, of, uh, what you'd expect from like a family, you know, that lives in Duxbury and, you know, if she's going through some type of episode and this is an ex- an excuse for murdering her children if she that's what she's accused of doing by the way i've got to say that because she is right now innocent until she's found to be by a jury of her peers guilty beyond a reasonable doubt or if she pleads out right we don't know the outcome, but when she snaps out of whatever she snaps out of, she's going to be in a brand new house. She's going to be facing murder charges. I don't know if it's first degree or second degree. First degree carries, obviously, um, life without parole. Uh, so, and that's, you know, it triggers an automatic appeal to the Supreme Judicial Court. So anytime someone gets convicted of first degree murder, first degree is life without parole, which means you were in prison for the rest of your life, no matter what, you know, unless you're given clemency, you know, unless unless you're pardoned uh, by the by the governor and the governor's council approves the pardon. But you know, that ne- almost never happens. Um, you're in prison forever of the first degree murder and that does trigger an automatic appeal to the Supreme Judicial Court for review, but the Supreme Judicial Court almost never, I mean like 0.001% of the time, I think, something like that. Some some very minuscule amount of times that I think there has to be a serious error for them to, to reverse a first degree murder charge or not even reverse, remand it, meaning they're going to send it down for a new trial. But second degree murder... There is possibility for parole. You could get life with parole in, you know, 15, 20 years, et cetera. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not entirely sure of the exact charges that um, the DA's office, uh, Timothy Cruz, what they had moved for indictment on. Um, you know, I've had I've had uh, DA Cruz on a few times uh, throughout the program. We're hoping to have him on again soon. I haven't reached out yet, but uh, he, I think he will come on at some point. Maybe when things are a little bit less hectic, because uh, this is certainly a, a pretty horrifying uh, case that he's had to deal with. But that's the um, those are the facts as they are now. But again, thought it was worth mentioning. Really important mental health legislation by Senator uh, Montigny. We are getting who the okay. So shifting gears, we're getting updates on the uh, city council meeting. The MBTA passed six to four. Who were the four? Uh, Gomes, Morad, of course, Morad's one of the no's, right? Uh, Gomes, Morad, Lima, and Carney were no's. The rest were yeses. Gomes said we need more time to ask questions about what. Uh, I'm sure Adam Bass has the quotes. Um, 
So here's the thing. I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, here's the thing. Of course, Morad, she says no to everything, right? She says no to everything because that's just her thing. She just wants to be a political vandal and just say no to this and no to that. Uh, the only thing she doesn't say no to is, you know, giving pay raises to people that she giving $50,000 pay raises to people she likes. But it's a good thing that most of the city council was had their had their head on straight for this vote because it's a free $21 million infrastructure project for the city that will improve access to the new rail service that's being provided. It's a no-brainer. It is an absolute no-brainer, but it passed in a six-to-four margin. Absolutely crazy. I mean, just absolutely crazy, honestly. Doesn't make any sense. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Good evening, Marcus. How you doing? Good, and you? I Good. heard you laughing the other day. It was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> With Chris, you had a ball. Anyway, um, I just wanted to make a comment on that woman because I'm a woman. I think that she snapped. I yeah. think she snapped. and mm -hmm. um, Well, it said she was a nurse there at Mass General, and that's a stressful job. And then I don't know what her husband did or does, or if they were together, or I don't know. But um, those um, two children, I feel so bad. It's so sad. Yeah. But I kind of think, as a woman, she's going to want to have more children, you know? Yeah. She's going to... Yeah, she's going to miss them, and she I think she snapped. She didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. So it appears... I mean, it's apparently they were strangled. 32-year-old uh, woman. You see pictures of her, you know, with her, oh, yeah. with, her, with her partner and her kids. They look pretty normal. Um, so um, she was charged. I, I, you know, it's... It might be one of those that was charged with first degree murder and, and you know, there was the lesser included, included offense of second degree. I think it'd be hard to... I think I don't know. It's difficult to give a get a sec. I think it'd be hard to get a first degree murder conviction out of this case because um, it's it seems pretty clear, like just based on what we know, that she just lost it. <laughs> you know, like I think she just snapped, like you said. Um, I wonder if there was anything else beyond that. You know, she's only particular. What, it, it didn't say much about him. What was is it, what did she do anything to him or what was he doing? No, I think he was the one that found his kids. So, um, I haven't found oh. much on, I haven't found much, uh, on him, honestly. I don't, I think that's probably on purpose. You know, people aren't, uh, focusing a lot on, um, on him. So oh, well, he wasn't there probably when it happened. I can't imagine. No. Cause otherwise he'd be, he'd be charged as well. You know, if he was just there watching her, you know, strangle his, strangle the kids. I think you know he'd be involved in you know he'd he'd be involved in those criminal charges, um, definitely. So Mike, I'm pretty sure he's the yeah. It was her husband that called nine one one when he got mm. home. Yeah. You know, you know, every time I my phone goes da ding, whatever they it comes like that, and every time I'm getting sick of it because it's all bad stuff. Yeah. 
breaking news that'll say uh, sh- uh, shootings are going everywhere yeah, I know all it. over this country. It's crazy. I know it. I know it. The, you know, and the mother uh, apparently, I mean, the the great grandmother of the uh, of the, the the woman who's being charged with with killing her kids. She said she talked to her about a week ago, and nothing, everything seemed fine. You know, so it's just it's strange. A lot of stuff is just swept under the rug. Nobody yeah. wants to. Nobody wants to come out and um, say anything's wrong, right? Yeah. I, I okay, think... Marcus. I'll be listening to you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Have a good evening. You too. Bye bye. I'm gonna take a break. Hey, well, welcome back to South Coast Night. I'm Marcus Farrow. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. We're talking about just about the uh, new legislation, the uh, new uh, grant funding program that was founded by um, our senator Mark Montigny, uh, who who had said that. Um, who had, uh, I mean, who had founded a grant funding program, who had founded a grant funding program, um, basically to, um, provide better mental health services or expand uh, mental health access for police officers who, um, may need, uh, you know, suicide prevention, other uh, mental health wellness. It's going to be, it was a pilot program. He started in 2018. He's um, going to be. Um, it's going to now have uh, a million, up to a million dollars secured in grant funding. Uh, the Healy Driscoll administration had announced it, so major win for uh, our, you know, um, local law enforcement and for uh, Senator Montigny for sure. With respect to the Duxbury case, um, you know, there's some reporting that. Uh, she was suffering from uh, the mother was suffering from postpartum depression and that she was in some intensive therapy for that. Uh, apparently, according to some reporting by the Daily Mail, uh, the husband had popped uh, had uh, said he'd popped out for 25 minutes to pick up food. And that's when he came back and saw saw what he saw. So. Pretty. Pretty horrifying stuff. Uh, pretty horrifying stuff for for sure. So there is also some reporting that she's been in intensive daily therapy. Um, you know, it's you know, some of her postings have been like, I'm the luckiest mom in the whole world. I'm blessed. Always posting pictures of her children. Um, again, you know, it's, I think maybe something to be said about, you know, if she was receiving regular mental health service, uh, mental health treatment that it wasn't as comprehensive as maybe it should have been. I mean, the charges are two counts of homicide, three counts of strangulation, assault and battery with a deadly weapon for the deaths of five-year-old Cora Clancy, three-year-old Dawson Clancy, Lindsay Clancy, and Lindsay Clancy, or she's under police custody. That's what that's what um that's what Cruz had tweeted. Uh, Tim Cruz had uh, his office had um had reported yesterday so i mean a pretty horrifying scene uh again that's why it's important to get these the abc mental health acts that that's why that was an important legislation to try to expand and uh, expand and destigmatize access to mental health treatment um that's why senator montigny's bill is so important uh to ensure that 
um, people who are, you know, like police officers who are first responders are um, able to access mental health services uh, for, you know, after the, the great deal of trauma that's that, that can be induced and some of the things that they discover or they have to respond to, like a scene with children that have alleged to have been strangled to death. Um, the, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of other, like, um, for, for lawyers, there's a, there's a, there's a group called Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers. They're, um, they're like a nonprofit group. Uh, they are based, I think they're paid from, uh, every, the, they're paid by the board of bar overseers. I'm pretty sure I'm almost certain they provide free of charge free of charge uh mental health services for people who are lawyers people who are in law school um yeah because those can be for different reasons obviously incredibly you know incredibly strenuous jobs there can be incredibly strenuous professions so for different reasons uh obviously than some of the stuff but even then you know there have to be lawyers on this case, right? Like, you know, the stuff that Tim Cruz has had to say in the last 20 years, the DA who's being charged, who's been charged, who's charged, uh, who's had to charge this mother. Um, Tim Cruz is a father himself. He's come on air and talked to, you know, talked to us about, um, you know, his kids. And I think one of them was an army ranger or something, something like that. Very uh, specialized, uh, part of the military from what I remember him telling us about that but um so there could be situations like that right uh, superior court prosecutors even district court prosecutors I can tell you some of the stuff that even just just in district court that you may see or that you may have to deal with throughout the you know through throughout the daily course of of your profession can be pretty awful and so they have that available for lawyers. It's called Lawyers Concerned for Lawyers. It's a nonprofit. I believe it's an ex- it might be an extension of the BBO, uh, the Board of Bar Overseers. Um, and I think it's paid by everybody's legal dues. So if you're a licensed attorney in Massachusetts, you got to pay. What do, what did I pay last time? Like two something, two hundred something. I don't know. When I first got my license. Uh, one of my friend's dads told me like, oh, it's, I, I think at the time it was like 150. I was like, oh, it's like 150 a year for, for my license. And he said, yeah, that's going to go up. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, it's going to go up because you need, you need your license. What are you going to do about it? Right. <laughs> and I was like, you need your license. You're going to pay it. Right. Because <laughs> what if it was a thousand bucks a year? I'm like, yeah, I'd have to pay it. You're right. <laughs> you know, but I think it's like a, you know, a couple hundred bucks a year. The lawyers have to pay their uh, legal, their, their, um, their fees to keep their license to the board of borrowers here. And I think some of those fees go to fund lawyers concerned for lawyers uh, so that they can provide mental health services for um, people in the legal profession. I believe law students and lawyers, because I remember them telling us about that when I was in law school. So, you know, there's some programs that are available for that. And so, so yeah, there are some programs that are uh, uh, available for that stuff, and so I, you know, I, I think it's important to have more expansive mental health services. All right, I got to take a break. We'll be right back. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. If one's on the left, left, the other on the right, right. Back in the middle with you. But they're both. 
South, ready to call it right down the middle. More of Marcus and Chris on South Coast tonight, here on WBSM. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. So uh, there were some people just, you know, in general, I got an app chat message uh, from somebody asking whether or not she could, uh, Lindsay Clancy could quote unquote plead insanity. Um, so, you know, basically saying if you're going to raise the defense that somebody is, um, you know, that it's a defense of lack of criminal responsibility, there is a thing called a model jury instruction, uh, model jury instructions, which the judge has to instruct the jury of when, uh, you know, during a particular crime, like the elements of the crime and all of that. Um, there, the model of jury instructions, if the, uh, if the, if the, if, um, you know, uh, insanity or defense of lack of criminal responsibility is raised. Uh, it means if they're suffering from a mental disease or a defect, and as a result, either they substantially are unable to appreciate the criminality of their conduct, or they're substantially unable to conform their conduct under the requirements of the law. That's when, that is when, uh, that's that's when that that defense is is valid. It's not on the it's not on the defendant to prove that. It's on the uh, it's on the prosecution to basically disprove it beyond a re- they have to prove basically disprove it right. So it's the burdens on the prosecution, and if the jurors have a reasonable doubt to whether or not. You know, a defendant, let's say in this case, if that's raised for Miss Clancy, she's in this case, um, if they have a reasonable doubt that the that they had a mental disease and uh, effect and it, and it appreciably impacted their behavior in the ways I I just mentioned, then they could be found not guilty um, by that reason, not guilty um, by um by uh by reason of insanity so you like you can't you know in this case you know i i have we'll have to see how the facts come out right we'll have to see how the facts uh come out but if you know if what we're saying is true that he you know she was completely fine and then or at least well enough for her husband to have left her alone for 25 minutes and then all of that chaos that ensued uh we'll see we're not sure we do you know we know that there was i know uh, D.A. Cruz said they can't speak to any mental health defects or anything like that, but um, there was reporting that she'd suffered uh, tremendously from uh, postpartum de- depression. There's some reporting that she was in intensive treatment for that. So, you know, beyond that, I think we're, you know, and beyond the, the cause, the expected cause of their deaths, we're, we're sort of light on details of the, the full picture of it, I think. And so we'll learn more about that. But someone, you know, I had someone message me, ask me about the insanity plea. And it's not something, honestly, I dealt with him, you know, when I was practicing. I did have a guy evaluated uh, under, um, under, uh, you know, you can get a, you can get an evaluation by the court or by like a Bridgewater State Hospital for that, um, you know, and then it's a defense you can raise later, uh, you know, but. You know, other than that, it's not something that's ever been raised uh, with a particular client of mine. It's not something that's, I don't think, taken very well in general. It's not something that's often invoked and invoked effectively. Um, you know, not guilty by 
uh, reason of insanity or having been found not quote unquote criminally responsible for your actions. I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, a jury would find that they are. All right, you got to take a break. We'll be right back. WBSM app is. Ever- We're going to have um, Taunton Mayor Sean O'Connell. She's going to start off at. Um, the 8 o'clock hour. She's going to be on with for about you know 15 or so minutes. We're going to talk about some updates in Taunton City Charter, which I think is really interesting. Uh, some of it mirrors some of the changes that, that happened in New Bedford. Um, and uh, it's a really interesting convo. I'm obviously going to ask her about the um, the incident with the uh, Drag Queen story time at the library in Taunton. But we'll be talking with Taunton, uh, Taunton Mayor Sean O'Connell to start the hour. Adam Bass uh, is here. He's got a city council update. He's going to be working on that. Um, that article that you'll have up on WBSM.com. So we'll talk to him on the other side of the, um, uh, on the other side of the eight o'clock hour, but we're going to start with Taunton Mayor Sean O'Connell. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really interesting conversation. And then we're going to get a city council update. Apparently that meeting must've went pretty fast. If Adam, Adam's already here, probably was like a half hour meeting. Um, guess not a lot of big ticket items on the agenda. Really glad that MBTA, bridge uh vote went the right way um because that's a major project for south coast rail which is a big regional benefit and um it just looks bad for the region if uh they're turning down free money um like that you know free 21 million dollar uh, infrastructure project so glad that went the right way so all right stay tuned